0: And now on to a highly discussed topic, the responsibility of AI and who is better hosting a roundtable on this than our beloved Inesh Liberato. With a diverse background in big data, gambling, financial regulations and IoT, Inesh excels at both B2B and B2C. She's an entrepreneurial force fostering collaboration with startups and scale-ups and fueling her love for innovation and transformation. She brings a unique blend of expertise and entrepreneurial spirit to the table, especially when approaching topics of accountability and equity. Please give her a big round of applause. Testing, yes, you can hear me. Uh, So I brought on stage to talk about this topic um, three wonderful people um, uh, to help me uh, bring this topic to light. You already met uh, Tietze and João, if you can join me on stage. The third person some of you have met already if you went to her workshop is uh, Elizabeth Himmer. Uh, Elizabeth is the Head of Product Acceleration and Strategy at Frontiers Media um, with a background in behavior science. Yes, you can sit wherever, it's fine. Thank you. Um, and uh, that's what influences her uh, product leadership approach. Um, your focus in uh, economical uh, behavior is what you use to influence your strategy, experimentation, user research, decision-based um Evidence, um, decision making, and UX and CX, um, and you shared a lot of those insights yesterday in your workshop. And I think that some of you were there, really got some treats at the end of the, at the end of it. Uh, not talk about it. <laughs> uh, welcome and thank you uh, for joining me on stage. We're on a pause, a bit of a uh, here build up. Yes, thank you. Um, so. Obviously, um, businesses have been using machine learning technology for a while now, um, mostly used for, to manage copious amounts of data, uh, to potentially do some predictive and forecasting models to determine if you or you can uh, take that loan, or to understand uh, what is um, the next Uh, Behaviour for your consumer to then determine if they should increase prices or not But a couple of things as you know for the past year or so have uh, changed and had a different type of impact. We now have um, generative uh, AI which is quite different and we have that generative AI being used by mass population so that causes some interesting changes in Uh, our society, in our planet, and in our roadmaps. (laughs) Um, So, um, just to start and get a bit of a feel for uh, how we uh, get the sense for it right now. So, where do you fit right now in the spectrum? Are you mostly on the nervous uh, side of things, worried? Or are you mostly on the, this is exciting and I cannot wait to uh, bring this to the world? kind of thing, you can take um, time,
1: just a quick um, round sense check, pulse check. Um, I think I'm moving from being um, nervous, like terrified, um, to being uh, more hopeful because I think people are starting to understand more and more the compounding effect of, of sort of what we are getting into. And teams are now maybe starting to ask a little bit more, like, okay, but what is the impact of this actually going to be? So this thing about, like, ethics and kind of really thinking about, is this the right way to do it? Is it fair? Is this balanced? Um, So I feel like these questions are coming up a little bit more, and that makes me feel a touch less nervous. Right. Moving towards hopeful. Shroudh?
2: yeah, I would say I'm optimistic, uh, but also realistic, right? Uh, we were talking about a bit last night, uh, large organizations, they struggle with the most basic stuff. So, I mean, there's no way that uh, all of this technology is just going to have uh, change everything from one day to the other. However, obviously, uh, we need to make sure we ha- re- re- uh, we ask the right questions and we think profoundly about the implications of what we build but that's also not different from building products uh, irrespective of w- whether it's powered by a- by ai or not our work impacts the lives of people and therefore we need to think profoundly about what we are building
3: thank you um, just uh, hello since i haven't uh, been sitting up here today and thank you to ines for organizing this um, discussion and inviting me to be a part of it and i would Piggyback on what both of you have raised this this hopefulness um, but Joel you just mentioned we need to be thinking deeply and what we've learned from decades of work in behavioral sciences is that thinking deeply is is hard for people mm-hmm. and uh, it gets it gets harder to have yeah come to the right conclusions when the topics or the situations are newer and and less certain and This is an issue that I think we should all be grappling with. maybe More than we have in the past, I can speak for myself, having this as as an anchor, this conversation as an anchor has also triggered me and my organization to become more active in thinking about this because we're so used to working really hard to achieve the goals that are at the top of the OKRs and in many, many situations, um, the ethics or the, the longer term view, the longer term implications of what we're building are not present in those OKRs. And I think we have a lot of work to do and a lot of opportunity to do good work now um, to, to set ourselves up for um, not just short term but also longer term success when, when building with these newer technologies.
0: Thank you. Um, it's really, I really liked how you picked up that point in building things because that's at the end of the day what we actually try to do, um, you know, swim through the bureaucracy and et cetera. But um, like you were saying, well, you were saying that this is just using our principles, our values as product people to use this technology. Um, but this technology feels like it will have a little bit a wider impact and be used my More people, even smaller organizations, are using a lot of this, um, already have a huge impact. You know, chat GDPT adoption was through the roof, the fastest adopted product ever. Um, And I do wonder if we do need to think about um, some steps, introducing some different uh, stages in our product development, or not at all, you know? from cognitive uh, behavior, from product strategy, from business executive side. It'd be wonderful to get your opinions on this uh, preparation that maybe needs to happen. Should I start? You
3: have the So mic. those of you who were in the workshop yesterday, we talked already about System 1 and System 2, and um, if you weren't in the workshop, maybe you've read the book, Thinking Fast and Slow, or are familiar with these concepts uh, that Danielle Kahneman uh, did a lot of work to to bring to society. But um, to catch the rest of the group up, uh, these theories describe uh, the way that human brains work as functioning in two systems. We have a system one, a thinking fast system that helps us process everything that's going on and react to it. It brings us through the day. We have a second system, system two, which is reflective and slow and the thinking deeply system. And the challenge is that none of us, even like the best of the best of us, can't be in System 2 every day, and, uh, or all day, sorry. We can't be in System 2 much more than 10% of the time. It's just the way things work. And so when I'm thinking about what kinds of processes or structures or systems to build, I'm thinking about what can we do to make it easier for System 1 to lead us to the right behaviors? And also, how can we trigger System 2 to activate around these important topics. And this morning I found myself at, um, at breakfast with a new friend who's a psychiatrist. And she's attending a conference today about ADHD. And she shared with me an interesting study that she was recently a part of where they split the participants into two treatment groups. And one of the groups of participants was invited to scroll on their phones. And the other group was invited to participate in a mindfulness exercise. And after this treatment, uh, the team observed the brain functioning. And what they observed is that there was a big difference in what the brain was up to in these two groups, namely the ones who had been scrolling were much worse at activating their system too. They were much worse at slowing down. Those who had been calmer we're much more able to do this. And um, gosh, when I think about my calendar and my team's calendars, I'm thinking like Shit. when could they possibly have capacity to be practicing mindfulness if they're in meetings all day, right? So in addition, I think it's important that we think about a whole array of of mechanisms to set ourselves and our teams up for success, um, maybe starting by creating space, creating different guidelines. We can get into more details, but um, just that as a framework to start the conversation.
2: Yeah, I, I think, um... Let's take an example of a recent event. Well, not that recent anymore, but uh, in the crypto space, right? The collapse of Terra Luna. Uh, completely different topic. Uh, it's not AI related. It's around Web3, crypto, etc. Uh, but it's uh, essentially a $40 billion hole in the pockets of investors. And the, the problem here is that uh, crypto, like the average Joe, is an investor, right? So we are not just talking about big hedge funds, etc. And And here I think uh, the, the 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 problem with with all of this is that uh, sometimes we are just not onboarding our users properly in these new technologies, and we are not educating them, we are not guiding them through really understanding um, what are the implications of using particular products. Uh, and I think this is exactly what happened in the Terra Luna case, uh, well. This is just one example. There's plenty of them in crypto and outside. And by the way, I'm bullish on parts of crypto, uh, to be (laughs) clear. Uh, But but yeah, with AI, I think it's the same. It's also around how do we make sure that folks who use this uh, understand what they are getting into, what are the implications. And of course, this could be a bit worse for our, uh, let's say, conversion rate (laughs) and stuff like that, Uh, a bit of... Less light onboarding process, etc. But uh, at the end of the day, it's probably what's best for the user. Uh, and uh, and I think there's also a big difference between uh, applications on the B2B space and on the B2C space. I think on the B2B side of things, normally things are a bit more contained. When we are talking about B2C applications that can scale to billions of people rapidly, uh, well, we just need to do, I think, uh, a much better job at onboarding them properly uh, into this new type of uh, product.
1: Um, I mean, I'm not going to... I think they've said um, some of the main points, uh, but I remember early in my career uh, as a product person, you had to do time in the technical writing team, which was really painful, so having to write all these guides. And I think with the advent of all these new technologies, we have to rise to the occasion of being the amazing communicators that product people are supposed to be and kind of starting that communication from kind of from zero, from a very humble place where you're explaining sort of step by step exactly how something works, um, and also the limitations of maybe how something works as well, instead of, because I think a lot of times we put things out there without properly explaining, this is what it has, but these are some of the things that we haven't addressed, we haven't looked at, so that people also understand that, okay, there's still maybe more to come, or maybe this particular thing is not covered, and so... I don't have to take this as like 100%. This is exactly what it is. So I think really having really robust communication and that understanding of how something works and maybe how something doesn't work and then thinking how something shouldn't work as well. Very important.
0: Inside a scope, outside a scope type of conversations. Um, I do wonder, though, we talk a lot... Today, over the past two days about processes and I just asked you a question about processes but a lot of people when they think about ethics, responsibility and accountability, when they think about diversity you know mash up AI and diversity in the same talk, we should be trending right now um, we um, people immediately think about slowing things down and we're definitely on an upward tangent right? So how do we do this? Is there any kind of Um, is there space for incentives or carrot-and-stick approach? Or does it make sense to have this conversation at this stage?
1: I mean, I think that um, it is a really good question because, you know, when you start asking, someone's like, oh, you're slowing us down... Um, but, you know, what tends to happen is when we don't have these conversations in the beginning, it's a problem that then just snowballs much, much later and becomes way more difficult. So, you know, I love to sort of share analogies about why I think we should be asking the hard questions as early on as possible, because I feel like when we front-load that risk, it gives us much more space to then be creative and then be innovative, and then maybe even think about how we want to chop things up but sort of trying to ignore these things that we know are going to haunt us. You know, I, I did A-level maths at school, but I still find with product, you know, I'm haunted by this, these things and I'm thinking, oh, should we have included that, should we have included that? But opening up these things and dealing with kind of those, the elephants in the room, you know, we talk about the elephant, just deal with the elephant in the room at the beginning because leaving it towards the end is gonna end up being 10,000 elephants and it's gonna be even harder to deal with.
0: Stampede. <laughs>
2: Yeah, for sure. I think building on, on that, I think um, you also need to have the right tools and the right knowledge to ask the right questions and to try to find answers. And I guess uh, when we talk about such a problem, and this is uh, different from industry to industry because, well, different industries play by different rules. So, for example, I work in, in finance right now, and in finance there's a particular set of rules which are different from pharma or from any other type of, of space. And I guess, um, yeah, every kind of actor in the equation needs to have, um, like, the, we need to think deeply also around, are we equipped to think about the problem? And uh, this question should be asked by, for example, regulators. These questions should be asked by governance bodies, like, for example, board of directors. Uh, is, is the board of directors of my company actually ready to think Uh, so that they can oversight properly uh, the decisions we are making? Or uh, as uh, an executive or a head of product or a product manager, am I equipped uh, to think about the problem? And uh, a lot of times, uh, probably the answer is no. Sometimes it will be partially. Uh, So what do we need to do to make sure that we have the right people around the right tables uh, so that we can look at the problem in a complete way?
3: I was so nervous about this conversation, but I'm really loving it, so thank you. Last week, the CEO of IBM made a, or was it Two days ago, made a a public plea to American regulators to regulate AI better than they have done social media companies. Um, There are regulations or less regulations dependent on industry, dependent on country, and I agree it, would be, it could be nice to have perfect rules coming from our regulators. Um, I think it's, it's unlikely that that's going to happen, um, at least not tomorrow, maybe the, the day after. And um, if we don't have the regulations or the threat of really meaningful feedback coming from a legal system, um, where else could the incentives come from or should the incentives come from? And says mentioning the future where things are going to turn into a stampede of elephants. But for us as product leaders, if we believe that this is an important topic, um, how do we build the story or the argumentation to build organizational buy-in for investment in this? And Charlie, um, I don't know where you are. Maybe you're not even in here. Um, hi. Um, hi. <laughs> Uh, said it quite well earlier. I thought uh, to think about what allies you can look for within your organization to build the the business case that is salient enough to the to the decision makers or the people who should be thinking to kick them into gear, um, and then from a different side maybe thinking about, you mentioned it's important to have the right people sitting at the table. And while I agree with that, even those best people are still stuck in this system one situation. And um, here I think we should um, not neglect the portfolio of resources that are already available for us to be using and sharing and building upon. The OECD has a set of guidelines Um, But also, um, the scientific method and the product process offer us a really helpful toolbox. Um, Maybe some of you know the behavioral insights team that's based out of the UK and they do tons of research on different topics related to behavior. Uh, A few years ago, they also created their first spin-out product, which is called Applied, and it's a recruitment tool. It's incredible. I recommend looking into it, beapplied.com. And um, I recently watched a talk where the founder was explaining how they have set themselves up for, well, they were convinced it would be success, and now it's it's paid off. And a lot of what she was talking about are things that we already know, like... um, get pretty specific when we're identifying our goal. So if we wanna have the best, or we want, in their case, they wanna find the best match of candidate and job, don't stop there because that's not going to give the guidance that the ML team needs in order to build the ethical solution. What is best? Is it fair? Is it diverse? Is it equitable? So starting there. And then moving on to hypothesis setting about how we think we're going to get there. And then move on to test case definition. Before we get dirty, our hands dirty, doing the actual cool execution work, taking this step back to identify how we're going to measure whether we are uh, landing our goal or if we're going astray. in counterfactuals, what could go wrong, um, and, and also considering various um, uh, categories, dimensions of ways in which it could go wrong. And these are not new tools. They're part of normal quality control, quality management um, processes. Um, but in many, many cases of organizations that I've observed and even worked amongst, uh, we, for- we forget them, or we try to recreate the wheel when we're, when we're t- uh, uh, confronted with a new situation or, or a new topic. Um, so one call to action that I would like to leave you and also myself with is to consult these resources that we have. Make it as easy as possible for yourself and for your team to do good stuff.
0: Which is a great segue, because I was about to ask um, the panellists if... Um, if you could leave people with uh, some sort of closing notes before I take a question from the audience, um, thank you for your suggestions, Liz, um, either Joël or Shietse, if you want to take that. No.
2: Cool. Yeah. So I think um, this has been a really uh, insightful discussion. Um, to my knowledge, um, I think there's not enough of of, of these. I mean, I've 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 been to a few, but I think this is such a profoundly impactful topic uh, that uh, there also needs to be uh, broader discussions and more open discussions um, without necessarily going into all um, the technical details and specificities that obviously are going to exclude 98% of the planet from the conversation. And having a a broader kind of fundamental uh, discussion about what this means, about um, yeah, what, what, what we collectively can do, both as organizations, I agree organizations have a huge role to play um, but it's not different, again, from any sort of product building effort because we need to make sure that we get the outcome clear and, and we get the outcome that is not just uh, the best outcome for our organization in the short term, it also helps us in the long term and it also helps uh, the overall ecosystem in the long term because if Uh, we don't do that, then things we we are aiming for are not sustainable. Uh, Just one last point as well around I think uh, the analogies between this and and Web3 crypto and other kind of bubbles because at the end of the day this is what it is. Like there's a lot of buzz going around and uh, a lot of things which are not necessarily real uh, kind of bubbling up and a lot of hype. I think this is really, and going back to Daniel Kahneman, uh, this is kind of this is the bread and butter of system one, right? Because the, the more noise there is about the topic, the more everyone feels excited and we need to be, be doing something about it and not thinking about it. And, uh, and obviously I think organizations, if they've, like it's very easy to feel the fear, fear of missing out of uh, we are not doing it or we are not implementing it or we need to run faster because we look to the neighbor or we look to that other company, etc. and they're making so much progress. Um, And and, and so there's this, I think, incentive we need to do, not just as individuals to activate system two, but also as as companies and organizations.
1: Thank you. Uh, I mean, I'll just add, I mean, so many amazing points. Uh, I mean, I'm such a great believer in um, sort of stepping out of your usual bubble and talk to people who are maybe a bit more distant to challenge you and to keep you humble and to kind of bring those insights, those questions, uh, because this is really about connecting society with what we're doing inside our work. And if we don't step out of our bubble and have those conversations, then that connection becomes weaker. But now, more than ever, we need that connection to be stronger and not just to kind of fuss going out to people, but the more we go out to people, the more that people will also come to us. Um, And I think that way then we have a better chance of making sure that what we are looking at is going to be fair, impartial, equitable, and balanced, and everyone can benefit.
0: Thank you. So I've been gestured by the coroner that we don't have time for uh, audience questions, but I will say that I'm incredibly honored that you sat uh, through this chat. And that you asked such good questions because I saw questions coming up in terms of who's responsible for building this, um, in terms of uh, should we really trust the people who are building this for, uh, and have a disproportionate, a disproportionate um, impact. Yes, Janusz, Um Disproportionate, yes, um, impact on uh, society and uh, people. Just asking if this is a fad. So maybe this is this was the exact point of this chat: is not to just walk in blindly into the next strategy meeting and say yes, we must develop something with Gen AI, and really question this if you're doing the right thing and who you're building it for. Thank Thank
1: you.